to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. On the mic with my brother Sven and our cousin Kile, it's my favorite time of the year once again. Christmas time and the fantasy football playoffs. How excited are you guys? It's amazing. More for more for Christmas at this point. I think a little bit. It's always Christmas oh. a little bit more. But I do love me some fantasy football playoffs. Uh, best time of year, especially when the Jets are out of it. So we're here. I'm ready to go. Yeah. It's it, it. You literally blink and it just it happens. You happens way too time fast. Flies, I don't. I don't like flies. it. We were talking in June, July about the you know the upcoming season, and now we're almost at the end of the season. So I'm predicting, making our awful predictions and. Hey, some of them, some of them did come true. We will come back to an episode later on. Yes, in the yes, we will. Yes, about, we will. About our, about our, uh, our accountability. Yeah, our accountability, our correctness, and where we can improve, things like that. Uh, but it is fun to kind of reflect on things you got wrong because you are just flat out wrong or basically injury related. And, and players exactly that I am just yeah. never touching. Ty right. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are players you might not. You might not have been wrong about them, but you were disappointed because they didn't perform. You know, or didn't get to play on the, you know, on the field a lot. Exactly. So, yeah, injuries stink, and there's nothing yes. you can do about them. Can't really predict it either. But some, some of them you can definitely see coming. But with Christmas coming up, let's hone in on our inner Kevin McAllister and talk about Christmas trees. Who doesn't love Christmas trees? Here's the question: All of our listeners would love to know, guys: real tree or fake tree? This isn't even a. This is even a question. Okay, look. Well, for so you, I, and what do you do? What's your experience? What's your my, I, we, have, we have always had a real tree. I know you have, and you live in a it's, house, though. It's an experience. I don't know what that has to do. What is, re- what is relevance does that have in anything? I'm not buying a real tree for my little tiny-ass apartment. Why not? <laughs> you, can get a, you can get a three-foot, a three-and-a-half-foot uh, real tree. What the hell's the difference? Good point, good point. First of all, millennia. You don't want to know a fun fact? I read an article. We went, we went tree shopping this past weekend. I, they were $90 for what last year was a $60 tree. And that's because of freaking millennials. Millennials are, they believe in, you know, the earth and they believe in, which I do too. That's you. About, You're a millennial. But it's, but it's more about the fact, so are you. Um, Te- but it's technically, yeah. So it's more about the fact that they won't buy, millennials will not buy fake trees because they, they're way too much electricity and they're not good for the environment. But real trees you can grind down and they're biodegradable. That's because of them, 30 more dollars for a tree. Unbelievable. So they're saving the they're saving the earth. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they made me spend more. <laughs> so the thing is, too, they say that once you go to like a tree farm and you get a tree that it's been cut down for a while and yeah. uh, it won't what? last as long. How long, if you water it every day, though, will a will a tree actually last you? Fun fact: uh, they actually once they cut the trees down, they toss them into a body of water. Yes, they keep them in water. They float. They keep yeah. them in water for months. They cut them down in like uh, August and they keep them there until like the end of October over early November. And then that's when they deliver them. You know what? Um, so how long can you keep it in your house though? Like uh, watered, watered. It depends on it. You got to be up on your watering. Cause we like used a, to, we had some growing up brother. I remember that. And then only a couple times though, but the smell is Amazing. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's it's, it. it's, it's, it's incredible walking into it's the, the house and just smelling, but it's yeah, like, like a Fraser is walled and I'm chopping mine down with, I'm pulling it out with my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you could, yeah, you'll end up hitting, it'll do more damage to your car than need. Or like, yeah, like, uh, what? No, Jay, like in modern, uh, in modern family, yeah, yeah. When they try to pull the tree. He completely like, shears amazing. the whole one side. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, about a month, I would say about a month is the most it'll probably last in your stand. Right. I think we're going to get, you know, our newly anointed home's first ever Christmas tree this weekend. Congratulations. Look to water. Hope the dogs don't jump on it. 
They won't. Or, they drink, or drink the water. You never, you honestly, you never know. You don't know. You may think that they I, may try to pee on it. Who knows? Just, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried. What if I put one of the fake squirrel toys in the tree? Do you think that might scare anybody? And or think the dog will jump into the tree? Well, the dog will definitely jump into the tree then. <laughs> then so, yeah, maybe that's I won't a do. terrible idea. Well, I don't you should know. set up a camera <laughs> and oh. hopefully National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation <laughs> scene, you know, arises. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, wow. the, the scariest thing ever, though, is when I'm just walking around and I see the squirrel toy just sitting upright. The cr- for some reason, it's always sitting upright. Why is it not laying on its side or like back at the other toys? It's by sitting, itself in the middle of the room, it's watching you, facing Andy's toys, Andy's toys waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, check check its check its foot. See if it says Andy. If it does, just make sure make sure you have house. make sure you uh, make sure you make sh- it's it's tightened into the stand properly. Because our tree a few years ago, in the middle of the night at like four a.m., fell and broke like half the ornaments on the tree. Oh. So make sure it's tight in the stand. Yeah, yeah that sounds devastating. Mm-hmm. That's good advice, actually. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, those ornaments. You know, you carry them, carry them with you as tradition. Yeah, some of them could go. Some yes, <laughs> some can definitely. Some of the ones that I made when I was six years old that are still on the tree are. That is correct. At our parents' house. Yeah. Pretty insane. Use that for uh, firewood. <laughs> so the answer is any tree depending on your circumstance but a real tree smells better yes <laughs> let's be honest so as we head into the fantasy playoffs there's no buys there's no excuses it comes down to setting your perfect lineup and we're here today to discuss some difficult matchup matchups and who you could potentially target as a one-week wonder to help you survive and advance let's kick it off with some qbs drew Brees and james winston let us down last week matt ryan looked absolutely pathetic Kyler went from looking unstoppable the week before to looking like a terrible rookie. What waiver wire potential QB ads do you like this week, brother? I didn't think that we'd be speaking about him in week 14. Chances <laughs> are, right? It's just, it's crazy that um, I'm going to mention Ryan Fitzmagic as a potential starter. You just mentioned Jameis. James is not. It's funny because he actually had a decent game, but not fantasy-wise. So... I'm actually sitting him this week, and I picked up Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to start him over Jameis because they're playing the Jets. Jets looked a little rough last week, you know, losing to Cincinnati. So sorry, Kile. And for every five other Jets fans that are out there in the world right now. But I think that Fitzpatrick, they're playing the Jets. Uh, he's gotten 26 and 32 points over the last two games. He threw for 288 and three touchdowns the last time they played the Jets. Sign me up. Uh, he, it's they can't. They cannot run the ball, even with a healthy Kalen Balage, who I think probably has statistically the worst, just just the worst rushing average attempts touches per game ever. He's bad. He is a bad running back. So they're not going to be able to run the ball. Well, one, he's obviously out. But another guy that I want to mention in a little bit, a little bit later, but Fitzmagic. I'm I'm starting him this week. I think he's going to be a solid play that for for me this week. Well, the number five wide receiver since week eight, Devontae Parker. That's who he's throwing to, and that's who's Devontae been lighting it up. Finally, living up to his potential. And now we're going to start him in that one league that we're in, which is only points, and he's going to lay an egg because <laughs> we've been starting Chris Godwin, who is the most streaky of players in the entire NFL. No, I mean, this, this is a tough week, honestly. Even Baker Mayfield, though, is playing the, playing the Bengals, right? Whose secondary isn't terrible. That's the Bengals thing. Bengals did just shut out. We mentioned him, the, the Jets, last week, though. But I, I see that more as an anomaly, honestly. Um, another, another name to mention, obviously, Kyle, 
Tell me if you agree with this one. Ryan Tannehill. I was going to mention him. Raiders this week. So, I mean, how do you feel about him? I was going to mention him. There's two players actually I like this week as that streaming capability in that, you know, trying to get into your playoffs and or you're in the first round and you kind of want to throw a dart and hope for the best. Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position has been unstoppable lately. He is the he is going to get an extension to stay in Tennessee. Uh, and the other one, potential. And AJ Brown this week, I think, is another big one. Um, he is a boomer bust kind of guy, but against the Oakland Raiders secondary, I think he's going to have a nice week. Um, he is a three reception, four reception, ninety yard t- and one touchdown kind of guy. Uh, Raiders defense is just not that good, and I do think that the you know Ryan Tannehill has another good week. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has led them to a victory in five of the last six games, and he's actually been fantasy QB number six over that span. So I agree as well. I think he can keep it going. A.J. Brown is finally living up to his potential with Ryan Tannehill, obviously, there. Um, So now that while we're talking about some receivers, my boy Chris Godwin only has one top 20 appearance since week eight. It's it's mind-boggling. He obviously was very top-heavy, so I think that's that's a difficult start this week. Julio was hurt. Tentatively expected to suit up this week. Same with T.Y. Hilton. Michael Thomas struggled a little bit last week. They didn't have to do much, though. Tyler Lockett is not getting any of the targets here the past three games. I mean, are there any other wide receivers that you guys are targeting that you're high on this week as well? Uh, yeah. Um, James Washington. Has anybody watched what he's done the past, like, four or five weeks? He has been unbelievable. What, were you going to say something? No, you're keep going. I was going to okay. say, can you say irony? Because yeah. it's funny that he's doing good with another quarterback that he never played with. Where, right. And this, the scenario this week, fits, it fits perfectly for him. They're going up against an Arizona secondary that is allowing the most uh, yards through the air in the NFL, over Literally. 308 yards per game. If you go through the last four games of the Arizona Cardinals defense, 424 to get to Jared Goff, where Robert Woods went 13 for 172. 424 to Jimmy G, Debo Samuel, 8 for 134. 358 to Jameis Winston. Evans and Godwin both ate that game, and then 317 again to Jimmy, where Emmanuel Sanders went off for 7 and 112. This sets up perfectly for James Washington this week. James Washington has been fantastic the last few weeks uh, going back to week 10. Week 10, he put up six receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown, seven targets. Week 11, okay, a little bit less, three for 49. But then for the next two weeks, he almost topped 100 in both games, a touchdown in both games, 398 and one, and four, 111 and one. He is getting, on average, the last four weeks, about five and a half targets per game. Uh, I think he continues this week against the worst secondary in the NFL in Arizona. It's going to be a more of a shootout, I think, kind of game uh, because Kyler's, Kyler's been performing. So I think. Um, there's a chance that uh, I think this could be a higher scoring game. And I think James, uh, James Washington is the perfect player for this. James Washington has been awesome the last few weeks and he is a good streaming candidate, a wide receiver three or a flex option this week that could put you over the top. I'm just very ashamed. I'm just upset that I do not have him on any teams, even though I drafted him on a bunch, but we are at week 14 now. Well, but you, I mean, you can't, but you can't, you can't fault yourself because if you actually look at the first six games of the season, exactly, exactly. They were, they were so, in, so much inconsistency in what the Pittsburgh Steelers were. Was Jalen Samuels have going to have a role? Did James Conner, was Conner playing well or healthy? No quarterback situation. Juju was stinking. Like I just, there were so many moving parts that we didn't know what we had in James Washington. But what we've seen the past four weeks is that he is a important part of the offense. He's wide receiver number 16 since week eight. It's pretty good. Captain Duck Hodges. Oh my God. If I have to, who, who keeps saying, who keeps calling him? Oh, was it, there was a, there was a bet on how many times Collingsworth was going to call 
uh, call him Duck in the in the was it the Thursday night game I think or the Monday night game or the no whatever it's on it was Thursday night and there was there was actually a, a bet on how many times Collingworth was gonna Chris Collingsworth was gonna call him uh, oh call him Duck yep I'm not even joking <laughs> so it was I think they took the under but I thought it was interesting well how many times does Chris Collinsworth just repeat the most obvious nonsense you've ever heard in your entire life I'm starting to like him. I'm starting oh to like him more than Joe Buck. And no, I disagree. Oh. I was going to say that. I like Mark Schlereth is oh. the worst announcer on the. He's he's at the top of my list right now. I just can't. I can't listen to him. I have to mute the game whenever he comes on <laughs> on the red zone. It's that bad. Well, you don't have but, to worry about starting him on, on your team this week. So right. That's helpful. But there's um there's two receivers that I really like this week. One being Anthony Miller. I think he continues his dominating run. He has at least nine targets in the last three games. Taylor Gabriel has already been ruled out. He's the clear number two on this offense. He operates out of the slot, who the Cowboys were just burned by on Thanksgiving by my boy Cole Beasley. Six catches, seven targets, 110 yards, and a touchdown, Anthony Miller. Also, big fan, Debo Samuel. I think Emmanuel Sanders will get the Tredavious White treatment this week. The Niners are finding ways to get Samuel the ball. He had one run for 20 yards last week. Obviously, that's not the point. But he has either a TD or 100 yards receiving with eight receptions every game in the last four games. So I think he's a very solid flex play right there. Brother, you got anybody that you're uh, – He, he looked just, – just to touch on uh, Debo, I really like that catch that he actually made last week, that touchdown, where he kind of – Kind of pushed that defender like he was just like, ooh, ooh, get out of my way, and then just jumped. Like, that was – I like that. That was – At the top, man. That's what they teach you. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Um, but this guy, I was – I right initially the first game that T.Y. Hilton was kind of out, I was like, you know what? I think we should target this guy, Zach Pascal. So, this is going to be – I know this guy is interesting. One, they're playing Tampa this week, who has the best run defense in the NFL, and Jonathan Williams completely disappeared. So, not starting him this week at all. Naeem Hines, eh, probably not. So, this is this could this could be a high scoring game because the Colts defense hit you know it's hit or miss. But Zach Pascal, he had ten targets last week, seven catches, one hundred and nine yards. I'm not even going to talk about the week before because that doesn't even count because he had one target and that was it. But my point being is that Ty, I'm pretty sure that they are officially ruling him out more than likely for the rest of the season. It's a shame. They still got a chance to make the playoffs, even win the division. But, I mean, this guy is – he just gets injured way too much. So, I think Zach Pascal is a decent – I mean, the Tampa secondary is is abysmal. It's a, they're, they're atrocious. So, Zach Pascal, I think, is a wide receiver three this week. Definitely a flex play. Wow, that T.Y. news is very um, – It's awful. Enlightening, actually. So, they're saying that he may not come back this year at all? Why? I mean, honestly, why? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if you're Ty, what do you? What do you do? Like, are you? Is it like Andrew Luck situation? You know what I mean? Not like his situation, but like Ty can't. He cannot stay healthy at all. And it's like, is it worth it? So I don't. I don't know what's going on. I mean, the guy's got a lot to think about. Chances are the they're probably. I mean, maybe they'll make the playoffs. Probably not, just because of how well Tennessee is playing, and they're going to win the division. But who? Who knows? I mean, it's. But I just think it's a shame because T.Y. is such a – he's such a talent and he's still so young. Is it worth it? Let, let me work it. Uh, uh, we'll see who, uh, <laughs> who picked up on that. 
Kyle, what, what wide receiver are you avoiding this week? Uh, it's not a specific wide receiver. It's the core. Um, and it's, it's actually crazy because I think this team is Super Bowl bound, in my opinion. Uh, but I just don't love the matchup this week. And that is the Baltimore wide receiving tight end core against the Buffalo Bills. People do not realize that the Buffalo Bills are probably the best defense on both sides of the ball. Like, they are a top five defense on both sides of the ball. The, the, uh, their defense against the wide receiver and tight end. Let me go through the last four games that Buffalo has played. They let up 15 points to Dallas, three to Denver, 20 to Miami, and 19 to Cleveland. They have not allowed over 20 points since then. Okay. Um, they are allowing 196 yards per game through the air, which is, I think, third best in the league. Um, and Baltimore has been, I mean, if you look at Baltimore's numbers and you look at Lamar Jackson and the receiving core's numbers, they're, I mean, they're great. The touchdowns are there and the, you know, but if you actually look at it, like the last few games yardage wise, it hasn't been a lot. It's been more of Lamar Jackson rushing and it's been more about efficiency and it's been more about touchdowns, but it hasn't really been about targets and, you know, excess yardage. It's, it's just been opportunity and uh, the efficiency of the Baltimore offense. Well, 18 receiving yards by wide receivers versus San Francisco. That's what Baltimore had. If you go, uh, granted, San Francisco has the number one pass defense, defense in the NFL. However, they had 18 yards receiving by the wide receiving core. Who's, who's the, number the tight ends? Number two, who's the number two passing defense? Right. <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo does, right. <laughs> no, if you actually look at it, I'm not even joking. Excluding Mark Andrews, excluding Nick Boyle, and excluding Hayden Hurst, the wide receivers for Baltimore had 18 yards receiving against San Francisco. They, they don't do anything. I mean, Marquise Brown is like non-existent now and Willie Schneed what a, yeah but they had the few like a few, granted Baltimore has one of the best teams all around teams whether it's uh, special teams defense offense they have a great team but it, it's the central focal point is Lamar Jackson and I think it's going to be him running the ball I do I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a great game on the get on the ground against Buffalo but I do not think uh, the wide receivers or tight ends are going to have good games put that on top of the fact that Buffalo is the second best defense against the tight end position they've allowed 40 receptions 361 yards and two touchdowns all season to the tight end position which is only 4.2 points per game allowed to tight ends mark andrews uh nick boyle hayden hurst marquise brown i I don't think any of them this week are going to have great weeks granted mark andrews is a definite start for most people because he is your tight end one however just know that he is going into a very unfavorable matchup just like everybody else um on that wide receiving court for baltimore yeah, good call, too, because let me uh, correct myself. I said that Debo was going to get the <laughs> Tredavious White treatment. I meant Marcus yeah, Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore, yeah. <laughs> Marshawn Lattimore, not Marcus Lattimore. Thank you. So, clearly. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, it's fine. <laughs> Merry course, but, yeah, but, yeah, so. We, wide get, we get what you're saying. <laughs> wide receivers, tight ends, Baltimore. I think this is a Mark Ingram game, a Lamar Jackson game. I think they're gonna not going to pass it as much as people think. Oof. I mean, just to piggy off back on, on that, um, I'm not starting any Arizona wide receivers at all. They, they're playing the Steelers, who actually have one of the best secondaries in the game right now. They still have something to play for, can still make the playoffs. Kyler Murray has looked not good. I mean, the Cardinals, they're just a bad team. I mean, it's just they, they need a lot of help. They need to figure out their running back situation, offensive line. They probably need a whole renovation. They need like a whole HGTV show just on that, you know, on fixing the entire offensive line. But that receiving core has done nothing consistent to make me even remotely think of uh, Christian Kirk was dominating. I'm not, I'm not even confident with him as a, as a wide receiver three right now. So I'm, I'm avoiding Arizona wide receiver 
core entirely. Yeah, Kyler looked pretty terrible last week, man. The line couldn't block. Rams defense was pissed off from the week before and just utterly dominated that game, man. It was a, it was a rough one to watch, actually. A little bit. I mean, Aaron Donald, you saw that you saw that sack by him? That one sack? Oh, my God. He just blew right by the guy and just ripped Kyler Murray down. It was – it was bad. Isn't it crazy that we think about some of the worst offensive lines in the NFL? I can name like seven offensive lines in the NFL that might be the worst. And like Arizona is one of them. Well, like Arizona, Arizona has one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Like nobody, nobody invests in their offensive line, it seems. Like if you want to win, you have to invest, That's where it invest starts. In, exactly. in offensive line. Like your future, your, your star quarterback, your future of your franchise, your star running back, the future of your franchise – maybe David Johnson, like they have no shot in hell because this offensive line couldn't block anybody. So I think that's a, if you look at some of the worst teams in the NFL, the Bengals, the Jets, the Dolphins, the, uh, the Cardinals, they have the worst Giants, offensive lines. The Giants, Giants all they terrible have the worst offensive, offensive lines, yeah. all of them. Yeah. And they're bad teams. That's why the Cowboys are barely <laughs> hanging on because their offensive right. line they is can hang on them. Right. But like, you look at that. Some of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Look at them. Look at all some of the best. The only team I think, the only enigma is the Los Angeles Rams. They have one of the worst offensive lines. Oh, it's terrible They're still above water. But that's because they have a ton of talent. But if you look at the best teams in the NFL, all have the best offensive lines. There's got to be a pattern there. Clearly. Very well said. And with running backs as well. Hmm. We don't get paid for this either. Like, it – it seems like it's not that hard to see, though, right? Like, uh, watching the Giants, from my view, it's like, well, why haven't we invested in an offensive line? They're, they're going after this Mike Remmer guy who's had back issues for the last five years. He hasn't been healthy. And he's, he's been cut by four teams. Uh, four yeah. teams. It, Doesn't make any it's sense. It's baffling. Like, Arizona, they should have – I mean, okay, Kyler, yeah, he's a, he could be a generational talent. We, we, we may not find out. I mean, the guy's running for his life every single game, but – I would have been happier if they would have maybe drafted an offensive lineman first and kept Josh Rosen. See what see what the kid has. Build it up. Nice. You know what I mean? Like take that chance. I know that sounds crazy, but they're right back at square one. Like they're, I mean, Rosen stinks. Yeah, he stinks. But I'm just He's saying. Awful. But they need you, offensive line. I know what you're you saying. get you get you get my point though. Yeah, yeah. I guess you just they need offensive line. Good teams have good offensive lines. While we're talking about the offensive line, let's transition to the running back spot here, and this is one that's in particular, scaring me. So I'm looking for feedback from you guys, honestly, because, I, I mean, I can't keep doing research on this one. He was, a, he was a consensus top three pick going into the season. His name is Alvin and the Camaros. And he hasn't had a blow-up game or a touchdown since week three. I know he was dinged up a little bit. They've sprinkled in Latavius Murray. I don't care about any of that. He's on one of the highest octane, highest scoring, most efficient offenses in the NFL and the Saints, Drew Brees is the quarterback. Michael Thomas is the wide receiver. They are playing at home this week, but they are playing the 49ers who see the second fewest fantasy points to running backs. I mean, he's, he's a running back one with, with upside. Is there any chance that Kamara Holders can, can bench him this week? Um, it's not a great matchup, but the only thing I will take away is that they do, San Francisco does allow yardage on the ground. So they might allow allow points on the ground, but they do allow yardage. Receiving, so yardage, what? Receiving what? yards, they actually are the best against the running backs. Correct. So they do Ru- not allow rushing receiving yards. running backs. Correct. But yeah, yeah, rushing which is Kamara's forte. Correct. I'm just saying rushing yards, they still – they are actually – what are they? Uh, they're 22nd in the league actually at the, when it comes to pure running back yardage. 
So it that's an opportunity. That's a way in. And all Kamara needs is one break, and he's gone. Exactly. If he gets that one big play, so then he's gone. He's one of the exactly. most explosive, one of the most explosive, elusive players. And the fact is that they are allowing yardage on the ground. All he needs is one opportunity, and he's going to take advantage of it. So while he hasn't been good at all this year. Um, I still think in your fantasy playoffs, he has to hopefully show up. It's a big game. Both teams are 10 and two, right? Um, so I think it's a big game. Um, I would start him this week. So but running back two. This week. Big players play big, <laughs> big games. That's so correct. Willis big McGahee. Big Willis players McGahee. step up in big games. Willis McGahee. Right? Is that Willis McGahee? Uh, was that Willis McGahee? No, maybe not. I Who said that? that? I don't know. College football. It was, it was a long time ago. Well, we'll, we'll get Tim back to Tim Yakapatuka. Wow. Loved hearing his name in NFL Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So if you're nervous about starting any of your workhorse running backs, what, what running backs are you guys targeting? Brother, who are you looking as a potential sleeper waiver wire ad that you can start this week? It's disgusting. This is – it's disgusting. I mean, I – please, give me – give me some shibalib for this. I'm talking about another freaking Miami Dolphin right now. And Patrick Laird. So crazy, right? My man. Um, he saw five targets last week. Uh, Kalen Balage out. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Maybe Miles Gaskin could get more on the ground, but they're not going to be able to run against the Jets. The Jets have the number one rush defense, if not number one, maybe number two. Um, they stopped Joe Mixon last week. Joe Mixon is obviously more talented than Patrick Laird, but this guy is used in the passing game for Four passes, 43 yards. Uh, they're actually – and here's here's an interesting stat, which is kind of making me lean towards maybe starting him. Um, and I have to start him in this league because I have James Conner. And the uncertainty of James Conner is absolutely driving me crazy, <laughs> as is probably every other Jamie, Jimmy-owned owner out there. But the Jets are actually giving up the sixth most fantasy points to receiving running backs. So that kind of kind of gives me a little bit of hope. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> all four of their linebackers are backup linebackers. They're bad, exactly. Like their entire linebacking Every core. Every one of them was not a starter come week one. I can tell you that. So, so Patrick. So Patrick Laird, I'm starting as my running back too. Him and Austin Eckler. I know that sounds crazy, but like Eckler and Connor were amazing during the middle of the season. That's they kind of helped me get to the playoffs as to where I am right now. But if Connor is, I am going to start Connor and then I'm probably going to keep Laird in anyway, because I have golden Tate. And again, like you said, why are the giants and the Eagles? That's a game that nobody wants to watch on Monday night. Uh, so that uncertainty is also kind of driving me a, li a little bit crazy, but Patrick Laird, fire him up. Yeah. I look forward to these discussions. Cause I, I love when you say the word Laird. <laughs> Everything the whole word gets pronounced. Lair. We don't know. Is it Lair Lard? Lard. Lard. There's an I in there, yeah. It's Lard. 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 It's very entertaining. But two dolphins. Shame on me. But if hey, double the double the points. You know what I mean? Like if he's throwing. And to be fair, they are Lard. playing the Jets. Exactly. So exactly. The you know matchup I mean? is amazing. And then they got the Bengals next week. Come on. Yes, the, the more other teams win, the, the better chance the Jets now have of a, as a top, you know, six pick. Oh, boy. Fantasy playoff. What do you guys think of the, uh, the Chiefs' backfield this week? Oh, I don't know what I ever think about the Chiefs' backfield because I'm last staying, week – I'm staying away. 
uh, and people start, I know I heard plenty of people, you know, I watch, listen to, you know, shows and they say, oh, you know, I was hoping that Damian Williams was going to play. I started him and then. No, they said like on Tuesday he wasn't going to play. No, pretty I mean, much. LaShawn McCoy. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, sorry, yes, sorry. yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, yeah, LaShawn yeah. McCoy. I mean, people are like, well, I started him thinking that, you know, whatever. I was like. He had a decent game. He had a touchdown. I understand, but nobody in the Chiefs' backfield is somebody I'm willing. I, I've seen people. I ask started Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Yeah, I've seen people ask questions about Daryl, and I'm like, I had to. I, I had no one else. It's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But is it Patrick Mahomes? My man has had less than 20 fantasy points the past six it's, weeks. I know. Patrick I know you're not going to sit him, but like Tyreek Hill. That's kind of that's kind of scary. And he's going up against the New England three defense this week. I get it, but he's still a unbelievable talent who exactly who could still destroy. New England is not in great shape lately. I mean, they just don't look good. They really don't. They don't. But even the Eagles game they won, they didn't look good. So I think Kansas City can definitely beat them this week. I'm starting Uh, them. But yeah, none of those Chiefs backfield I am willing to touch. I I think it's going to be a passing game, even against the top three pass defense. I actually may try to get uh, the Chargers instead of New England because they're playing uh, Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew. Yeah, the is back. Yeah. Well, last week, Raheem, the monster mostert, oh, was God. number five running back. He looked phenomenal. They gave him the ball. He ran hard. He scored a touchdown. They're saying Matt Breida may come back this week. Even if he does come back, is Mostert still going to get the lion's share of the carries on that offense? I mean, Tevin Coleman's uh, been struggling too for the past few weeks. Yeah, Mostert is the reason I lost because I I had Tevin. And the last two weeks, Tevin has done absolutely nothing. He's done nothing all season. That's, That's not like, true. He has some like one, Okay, one He's monster game games. and a couple of good ones, yes. This is another backfield where you can't predict anything. And Mostert, for me... He had a very good week last week, but he is going up against the third best run defense in the NFL this week. New Orleans is one of the best running, uh, rushing defenses in the NFL. Um, they have a moderately decent pass defense. So I think that's what um, you know, San Francisco should, should try to exploit is that pass defense. Uh, they're allowing 235 yards through the air, which is still you know, reasonable, not too bad. The last four games uh, against New Orleans, Atlanta, 89 yards. CMC, they held him to 64 yards. The Bucks, they held to 36 yards. And then there was the blowout with Atlanta where they allowed 143. But for the most part, that New Orleans run defense has been really, really good. Um, it's just the confusion also of the fact that Tevin, Justin Wilson Jr., is, uh, is Matt Breda coming back. Is this just going to be a pass-heavy game given the fact that San Francisco, you know, that, that New Orleans doesn't have the best secondary. Uh, I don't have the confidence this week in my playoffs to start Raheem Mostert and know full well that he is going to get his lion's share and the touchdowns. I just, I can't predict it. It's so, it's so, uh, you, you know, it's, there's so many question marks that come along with it that I'm not willing to take that risk. Another one that I'm kind of nervous about too, even though he's been getting the carries the past few weeks is Devin Singletary on the bills because the Ravens give up the sixth fewest rushing yards per game and, He's been getting a lot of his work on the ground. He hasn't been catching as many passes. So I, that's that's up in the air for me as a flex play. I'm honestly a little more nervous this week than I have been for the past month starting Devin Singletary. Ravens, yeah. They're giving up third third least against receiving running backs. Ooh, that's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait. And I love that it's in Buffalo, too. I just want to see the Bills Mafia. Just I want to see people jumping through tables. There's so many during good games. Ta- during I tailgating. Mean, 
Breeze, <laughs> it, you got New Orleans, San Francisco, Baltimore, Buffalo, uh, Patriots, Chiefs. Uh, there's another good game. I forget who it was. But, yeah, there's a lot of good games this week. I can't wait. That's a great point, too, because I think we've all been reiterating that you got to play your studs at some point, right? Because big players play big and big games. You got to look at the matchup. You got to look at the environment. Don't forget to look at the weather. That has a huge factor. Especially this time of year. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I saw some, I saw some guy sit Devonta Adams because he got scared of the snow last week. And I, I forget who he started. I was like, Oh, got his touchdown in before it really started. He got two. He could score two touchdowns against the Giants in a blizzard. So, I mean, it does, that was the matchup related, not the weather related. I'm not even mad. <laughs> you, so you talk about matchups, and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are probably two of the best, youngest quarterbacks right now in the game. Josh Allen is absolutely incredible. He's playing so good, and he doesn't even have, like – monster weapons nor does Lamar Jackson I mean he's got Mark Andrews and then he has John Brown and Cole Beasley but the Ravens and the Bills are both they've only given up 109 yards on the ground to opposing quarterbacks the entire season Lamar Jackson averages that like a game so I am so intrigued to see what happens with with this you're gonna see you're gonna uh, see a spy on both of them. Not oh as my much God, Josh Allen. So awesome. It's not so much you're gonna see on spy on Josh Allen. That's not as much. You're going that's to gonna definitely see a spy from that Buffalo defense on Lamar Jackson. That's Someone gonna be gonna, so sneaky. It's gonna be like a box. Yeah, it's gonna be like a box and one in, in basketball where you have that one player on the star the entire time. That's exactly what's gonna happen. They're gonna put a linebacker or a safety on uh, Lamar Jackson on him at all times. Like that's Buffalo. Crazy. Is that I don't think I was necessarily <laughs> as high on him coming into the season because of what the Chargers did in the playoffs. And it seemed to be the blueprint of how to stop Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Yes. Clearly nobody's been able to really stop him this year, which is incredible. I mean, he did get better as a passer. Right. Much better. A lot better. But no team has really been able to stop him. I mean, the Bills have an incredibly stout defense, up and coming defense, young defense, high energy defense. Are they going to be the team to finally stop him? They literally, it looks like they have the outline to stop him. What you mentioned before, Kile, they stopped the quarterback running the ball, and they're the, like the best stopping the tight end, which is exactly what Lamar Jackson does. He throws to his tight ends, and he runs the ball. So let's go, Bills. <laughs> Another incredibly unique, difficult situation I have to mention quickly, Dalvin Cook. Doctors say he can't hurt his shoulder worse from playing. It's pain tolerance, but they're playing the terrible Detroit Lions. Do the Vikings hold him out, give him the workload? Is Madison worth a start regardless? I mean, what do you think? I would. You I would sit him if I'm the Vikings. Oh, you start Madison in a heartbeat. If, if, he's, if Cook is definitely out, yes. I yes. mean – Honestly, even if Cook plays, I feel like I would still start Madison because what's the – but, like, you're either start – I guess you're either – you're going to start Cook to play him fully. I, I don't know. But the Vikings should sit – they should sit him. Yeah, they're, they're, the, they're getting – right now they're in the playoff hunt or they're in the playoffs, so you might as well, you know, bench him at the moment let him get healthy. Good luck this week. Remember, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. Mm-hmm.